This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, hello, folks. Welcome to episode 41 of the Hey Game Mate podcast. Adam's my name, host, creator, editor. <laughs> Everything. Jack of all trades and uh, master of just a few of them. Um, a couple of things to get through before we talk about uh, this episode's guest. Uh, of course, um, 41 episodes and we've gone well over the 10,000 listen mark. Uh, again, again, a big thank you to everybody that's listening. And uh, I'd really love to hear a couple of pieces of information. We've put a, a poll up uh, just tonight, actually. Um, or just not a poll, but just a couple of questions. Um, trying to kind of get an idea of where people are and how we're engaging people. So uh, one of the things I'd really love to know tonight is whereabouts in the world are you listening from? Because we've had some really interesting spaces. I've had listeners in Sri Lanka this week, Qatar, uh, Honduras, Russia, France. There's still lots of people listening in England. Um, thank you so much to everyone that's listening all over the world. Uh, but really interested to know where you're listening from and um, really interested to know how you found our podcast. Um, what brought you to our podcast? Why uh, a podcast on mental health called How You Go, Mate, by an Aussie bloke um, attracted your attention. Uh, some of you I know that are friends of friends that have listened and people that listen because you know me. Uh, but, um, yeah, really interested to hear about how you know about us. Um Second, I want to give a big thank you to uh, Ben and David from the Men's Table. We're going to do an episode with them in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I think we're catching up with David next week, actually, and uh, he'll be in uh, in on a future episode. But um, Ben and David from the Men's Table for including us in their latest newsletter. If you're not familiar with the Men's Table, it's a really fantastic initiative. Uh, we're all over Sydney and now in Melbourne, apparently. Um, they have groups of men that catch up once a month and uh, basically have dinner and have a chat. And uh, it's a, a really wonderful initiative and something that we uh, fully support, and they're being really supportive of us over the last few weeks. Um, so we're, we're really... Uh, if you get a chance to get involved, uh, have a look at their website, The Men's Table. There is one starting in uh, Camden in, at the end of this month, or at the end of next month, September. Um, so if you're interested in having a chat about that, Drop a line to Ben and David at the men's table. Uh, and, of course, tonight's guest. Uh, tonight's guest. I think in the uh, the beginning of this, uh, or today's, this, this episode's guest, I should say, because it's tonight here where I'm recording right now. Um, in the beginning of this, I actually say, if there was ever a, um, oh, how you going, mate, Hall of Fame, uh, this guy would certainly be in it. He'd be one of the very first bodies in there. There's a few people on that list. Uh, but my guest tonight is my old friend, uh, Nathan. And uh, for those of you, Nathan, this is his fourth episode now, and he's up to 
nearly 800 total listens for his episodes. And uh, I I say it time and time again, and, and tonight, this episode, we, we kind of touch on the amount of work that he does to stay well. Um, we, we sort of talk about a few things to start with, and, and Nathan is is embarking on a, um, a little bit of a career change at the moment. He's moving uh, into, uh, he has worked in the world of finance, and he's now moving into um, counselling. He's studying a counselling diploma, and he's going to be doing counselling uh, moving forward, uh, which will be fantastic, because I think he'll be able to bring a wealth of knowledge and experience and uh, it's really wonderful to see how excited he is about this whole process. Um, but um, we sort of talk about the work that he does to stay well, and he really, he really does do a phenomenal, 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 phenomenal amount of work um, to stay well, and uh, including waking up at five thirty in the morning and and messaging a, a whole range of people, um, just sort of touching base with people every single day. But um, one of the things I think you discover when you have a mental health condition, and, and you never really think about what you need to do to stay mentally healthy until you have to actually start doing it. And I guess it's like any kind of injury. Uh, you know, if you injure a knee or a hip or a, or something like that, you you have to do a little bit of work to keep that particular um, a particular part of you healthy. And and in this case, um, it's I, I I believe it's no different with a with a, a psychological injury or a mental injury or a mental health condition, if, if whatever you want to call it. But it is about um, being consciously aware of then having to do a level of work to stay healthy. And uh, I, I'm really interested to hear about that. Now, for those of you that have listened to Nate's story, you'll, you'll understand that he was um, very firmly in the grip of um, alcohol and drug and gambling addictions, and, um, and particularly drugs and uh, particularly alcohol and gambling, um, and he, he touches on that again tonight. But he he talks about you know how what he does now and the level of work that he does now to stay well and and the things and it's almost ritual like, which is great. Like that's what you need to do. But it, the the things that he does now that actually keep him on the straight and narrow. Um, it's a really fascinating conversation. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The change in Nathan is phenomenal. The the difference in who he is as a human and how he is as a human is is just brilliant and just so wonderful to see and inspiring. And I, and I really needed to have this chat with Nathan because I personally had sort of started to lose some momentum and and really started um, not fall off the wagon, but not in an addiction sense, but kind of lose my momentum in terms of looking after my health. So it really made me sort of reevaluate and and reflect on what I was doing. Uh, but it is a really incredible, um, it's always great to chat to him. I always enjoy it. And I always enjoy having the chance to, to, to sort of hear him talk about his mental health and his well-being and what he's doing to keep well. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, please uh, let us know in the comments on the podcast post what you think. Please tell us. Be I'm more than willing to hear any feedback that you have. Even if you want to privately message the, uh, the How You Go Mate page, but I'd love to hear what you think about this chat. But in the meantime, we are just going to have to ask Nathan the question. Oh, Nath. Hall of, if there's ever a How You Go Mate Hall of Fame, <laughs> right, you're in it. You're, you're one of the first statues in the Thanks, How You Go Mate Hall of Fame. How are, you. how are you going, mate? 
Mate, oh, as, as we were talking about earlier, I'm probably... I'm in the best place I've been in a long time. Yeah. You know, I, I've had... Um, I've had some upheaval, 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 whatever. Yeah, probably upheaval. Yeah, right. um, you know, I, I've been in a position, a very lucky position, a very um, happy position to have resigned uh, from the corporate world. Mm. Um, very, very blessed to be able to do that with um, Sharon owning a, a childcare centre, and I've, I've recently completed my diploma in early childhood education. So. <laughs> I can actually walk in, literally have, and and literally. So I walk in as a as a diploma trained um, early childhood educator with Sharon while I um, do my uh, an undergraduate diploma in counselling and communication. I, I chuckle because there's quite often I get people that listen to these that know us <laughs> historically speaking, and for people that aren't listening, Nathan and I have known each other for over thirty years now. We went to high school together, but know us and, and are always amazed at your story. You know, oh, I didn't know he went through that. I didn't know this happened or, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, da, 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 da. And I reckon there's a bunch of people listening to us now that are just going, Nathan? He's a what? Early childhood? <laughs> He's doing what? <laughs> and, and for those that don't know me, I'm, I'm six foot two, um, 120 kilos with shaved head and tattoos. Yeah. So probably not the, um, the picture that jumps into your head of an early childhood educator. Yeah. Um, but I love it, yeah. and, and and the kids really enjoy me being there. Um, the parents, uh, not not really. Um, I've not really had a lot of contact with them as yet. I've only been there a week yeah. or two weeks, so I've not had a lot of contact with the parents. But the kids, the kids have, re- have have responded really well. You know, especially the young boys. Yeah, they've responded really well. They like having a male presence in the room. It's interesting. I, I think that's the thing that strikes me initially as well is that. You know, it is such a female-dominated industry. Oh, for sure. You know, it, it's seen as a traditionally female role. Men are so rare in that role. And stigmatised. Well, I nearly did the same thing. I actually, leaving high school, it was a, it was a, twin, a coin toss, early childhood or youth work. And it, yeah. literally, it literally was a coin toss, and I went, you know, youth work. Um, Sliding doors Oh yeah Exactly But I, I could have I could have done uh, But the reason that I didn't was It was at the time of the um, The Dolly Dunn And those sorts of kind of people First coming out as yeah. You know the pedophilia stuff And I um, Really Backed away from it Because I was like I don't want people to think That that's what I'm there for I don't want people to look at me and go You know Oh he's a child molester He's a this He's a that like, I, I literally Didn't do it because of that reason Yeah and look I get the blessing, I guess, that being Sharon's husband and Sharon's like Sharon's run this place for ten years. You know, so that's how you got the job. You slept with the boss. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's you about to slept my way to the top. <laughs> um, I call her sugar mama, but um, you know she's she's got a really really good reputation yeah. in, in the in the community, and so has the centre. Mm. So I, I get to be her husband rather than you know just a random guy that that's working there. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get to trade off her reputation a bit as well. Yeah. And like I say, it, it it's I've just been blessed. Yeah. I've been blessed to be in a position where I can get out of an environment where I wasn't really happy anyway. Mm. And regardless of, of, of how things ended with, with the company that I work for, you know, whether whatever happened to, to, to cause that to come about, I, I can't say enough good things about how I was treated when I was working there by, by senior staff. Yeah. You know, through my recovery, and I've shared this before, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they were really, really supportive of all that sort of stuff. But it wasn't what I'm passionate about. 
Mm. You know, and, and giving back to the community that gave so much, that has given so much to me, and continues to do that mm. is is something that I'm really passionate about. And to be able to have the ability to and, and the the finances and whatever behind us mm. to be able to go, you know what, let's do it. Yeah. At high school, asking people if that was going to be the case, do you think that Nathan at 44 could take a year off work and study? And they'd be like, what do you mean work? <laughs> what do you mean study? <laughs> <laughs> Did you yeah. even know what a book is? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You know, And it's funny, I'm still in contact. I'm in daily contact with, with um, Miss Shields. Yep. All oh, right. And I refer to call, <laughs> I, I refuse to call her Pamela, despite you know, repeated requests to, to, to drop the Miss Shields. But, you know, when I told her, she, she, was, she said, you'd be fantastic yeah. at that sort of thing, you know, it'd be great and, and you'll be good at it. And, you know, we, she, she's, she's been someone who's been really, really supportive. And it's funny, when I look back to high school, she was always very supportive of me at high school. Mm. You know, always pulled me aside, never bullshit me, never sugarcoated anything. Mm. Just said, you're an idiot. You're not living up to the potential that you've got. Why don't you? Mm. You know, and she was... And, you know, one of the one of the few people that actually showed a lot of interest in me, and you know, as I said, I'm still in contact with her now, and and we're, she's she's an amazing woman, and the feedback I got from her was that you know she's really happy for me, and mm. and that she always expected me to do something like that. Mm. You know, I was like, well, I wish she could have told me, because I didn't. Well, she did tell you, <laughs> yeah, several <laughs> you, times. I just you just didn't listen too to her. To listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 it's interesting that that we were talking off air extensively, but that idea of the person that like shifts you, you know, that changes you, changes who you are, makes you different. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't necessarily think any of the high school teachers really, really had that effect on me. But um, I, my recollection of Pam Shields is she was she was a hard ass, absolutely. But if you were nice to her, she was good to you. She, she was a woman that, that I look at and say she, she demanded respect and she gave the respect that she got, mm. you know, and if you didn't respect her, don't expect it back. Yeah. But you show her respect and she showed me respect and, and I really I really liked that. And a lot of the girls didn't get along with her. No. Nah. Because she was the uniform teacher for girls. Oh, that's right. Yes. And she used to ping everyone for wearing oh, tights. Oh, man. Remember, yes. Never pinged me for wearing my tights. No. <laughs> no. Oh. But you know, there was shorts. Remember, they were a thing. Goodness. Anyway, keep going. Look, there there were a number of teachers, and I reckon if you ask them, they would tell you that they had no impact on me at all, because that they probably didn't realise that even though I was a little shit, Mm. I did actually listen to them, Mm. and I did actually take some of what they said to heart. And you know, Steve Cutmore's one. Oh. Uh, Steve Cutmore's a, a fantastic bloke. I'd love to. I'd love to run into him now. I'd love to as well. Um, I've searched. I've searched. There's teachers I've searched for. Yeah, yeah I've searched for um, him. I couldn't find him. Pete, Pete Orman was actually one I loved, um, and I think Pete died a few years ago now. Okay. Um, he was a. Uh, from memory, I, I heard he died of cancer. He was a heavy smoker, so that makes sense. Um, I've searched for Steve Cutmore, and I can't find him. No, I don't. I don't think he's on. And because it's a Socials. pretty, you know, Steve Cutmore, there's a stack of them. So yeah, you're not, there's you know, a whole lot. It's hard to find. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of them without pictures. Yeah. very difficult to find. Yeah. You know, so there was, there was him, there was, there was Miss Shields, Mr. Doyle, obviously. Yep. I never had Doyley for, in any English class. No, me neither. I never had him for English, but no. had an impact. Yep. Steve Marriott's another one. Steve yeah. Marriott. 
Um, I, I still remember, I lived by one of his credos. I still remember it was, I think you might have been in the class. I don't know if you, Mick Stewart was definitely in the class because I was sitting next to him. And, um, and he said, um, all right, guys, this year you can behave however you want. Do whatever you like. And every boy in the class just went, how good's this? Just looked at each other as if to go, what's Is he, he serious? What's he, he giving us a green light? What's? And then all of a sudden he's gone, but understand that there will be consequences for your behavior. Behave well, the consequences are good. Behave mm. poorly, the consequences are bad. And we all went, oh, oh okay. That's not as much fun <laughs> as it sounded. Let's see what this looks like then, shall we? <laughs> and then some people tested him and they, they, they got that. They got the... The bad consequences, you know. Mate, but me, um, um, me, Steve Bendai, and Michael Stewart mm-hmm. were thorough turds yep. in his class. Yep. And he actually combined us into one human and called us Minast. <sighs> yes, I remember that. Actually, well, it was that class because yeah, it, was, it, it would have been year, probably year 10 history. Year 10 history, modern mm-hmm. history. And he, he said to us, if one of you makes a mistake, all three of you are going to be punished. I remember that. And I remember getting sent out so many times because I'd screw up and then the boys would get, get angry at me for screwing up and, and make a ruckus and that would be the second warning. And then, you know, it didn't take much for that third warning and all three of us to get thrown out. But you're already on the path at that point. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he used to, he used to drill me for where I used to wear denim shorts to school every day and he used to hunt me down yeah. and, and drill me about it, you know. But, you know, that, that sort of discipline, and I've, I've used Minast with my kids. <laughs> You know, <laughs> all three of you are mucking around. I'm going to refer to you as one person. And if one of you make a mistake, you know, El Ava, what I've got with my two girls, <laughs> yep. you know, and, and I've used that. And, you know, you wouldn't think that 30 years after that incident that I'm using strategies that were, that Steve Marriott used. Yeah. You know, and he would, he would, I reckon he would have gone home every day and gone, that Peterson kid didn't listen to a word I bloody said. Yeah. You know, but I, I did. I, I listened to what he said. I, I listened to a lot of what he said, you know. And there's a few teachers like that, you know, that, that I really had, that had an impact on my life. Yeah. But none of them, none of them came close to the impact that Sharon's had. Yeah. You know, Sharon, Sharon has, has changed my life, given my life direction. Yeah. When it had none, you know. I was just shiftless. Yeah. Surviving week to week, you know, some fortnight to fortnight when I was on Centrelink. But, um, you know, she, she gave me some drive. She gave me a, a bit of focus. Yeah. You know, and, and taught me a work ethic that I just never had. And we were talking off air about, you know, lack of male role models in, in, in homes and, yeah. and so on. And, and she became a role model to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's interesting to see the difference in, in life that has occurred because Sharon's been in it. Mm. You know, I, I could very easily, and I, I say a lot, you know, there, but for the grace of God go I. Mm. I look at the, the, the people in the valley that we were, you know, we were talking about off air, I'm not going to name names now, but, you know, people that went the way of, of serious drug use and crime and jail and institutions and so on. And that yeah. could so easily have been me if Sharon hadn't come into my life. And, and <clears throat> it's interesting because, again, I'm sure you do it, I do it. I look back at those people, and we all know we know who they are. And I think we've all got those people. Everyone that's listening to this has got those people in their Absolutely. life. But you look back, and you you look back through the filter of your own experience. So you go, well, that was I know that was going on for him, but that was probably going on for him as well. And this guy's probably had his problems, and that girl's probably, yeah. you know. So you start to then realise that, wow, man, I was actually really lucky that I got 
either either A, got someone like a Sharon to kind of pull me out of this, or B, woke up myself at some point and went, no, nah, this is not where I want to be. Absolutely. This is where I want to go. I have to do that. And the traits were so, I mean, this is episode four. For, for, for me and you. Mate, you've had 788 total listens so far wow. across your three episodes. I did the numbers today, so we'll, we'll crack a 1,000, hopefully. Let's hope. For you on these um, these these podcasts. Yeah, and for anyone that's listened to the, the other three, they know my story. You yeah, know? yeah, And so th- those, those traits that Sharon helped me get rid of, they worked hard to come back, hmm. you know, and it, and it took hitting a rock bottom and going to rehab to, to really turn everything around. Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're talking like a 20-plus-year 20, 20 journey then at this oh, point, absolutely. aren't we? So yeah. we're, we're talking about the, the girl that, as a teenager, kind of finds this kid, moulds him, shapes him. Helps him become a man. Yeah, but then he kind of... Still fought hard to go off the rails. <laughs> Still found a way to nearly fuck it all up. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't, look, I worked hard at that fuck-up. Thank you yeah. very much. But, you know... And any anywhere along that trail, and I've I've discovered something in working with others, you know. And again, those who've listened to the other podcasts um, will know. Those that haven't, aha, go back and listen. Um, working through a twelve step program, step twelve is working with others. Mm. And what I've noticed after working with others, or those that have got long term partners, they're all such amazing forgiving women mm. and or men mm. you know one of the the, the, the women that, I, that I, I haven't worked with but I know very well someone in a meeting once shared that they you know they're on their third strike with their wife and they were very and, and she said third I've got about 35 <laughs> <laughs> I've never struck out a whole team <laughs> Sharon was about to shut down the league <laughs> Sharon, I think I had 487 strikes with Sharon and you know, she's stuck by me. And that's one thing I've noticed with, with people in recovery that, that mm. have got long-term partners, that they stuck around through some horrendous shit. Mm-hmm. And they're all reaping the benefits now of having the... Sharon's got a husband that she, that she always wanted to have. Yeah. You know, she knows where I am. She knows what I'm doing. She knows everything that, 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 that I'm... There's no... I don't have any secret life anymore. Mm. You know, I was saying to you earlier, I, I'm working in the city... I had that drinking, you know, gambling and, and whatever else comes with that lifestyle mm. in the city. And then I'd come home and be a family man. Mm. But it was almost like leading two separate lives yeah. that didn't didn't meet. Were you almost like, was it almost like I'm getting away with this? Yeah, I got away with it for a long time because yeah. it used to happen so far away. Yeah. You know, and now... Even more so now in the last two weeks, <laughs> uh, uh, there's nothing that I do that that she's not aware of. Yeah. Like last two weeks, we've literally been together 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She had to call you in the office and chastise you. She, well, we had a management <laughs> meeting this morning. Actually, you know, we both had the day off, and, and, and we had a management meeting this, this morning, this afternoon about my my work duties. Shit, you've been there two weeks. You're already a manager. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. She was managing. Oh, me. right, okay. It, it was a discipline performance. Meeting. Performance management <laughs> issue already in two weeks, but you know, even like before that, I was working from home anyway. But you know, if I'm going out, I'm going to a meeting, or, yeah. or I'm going to. I went to to Brisbane with um, Daniel Washburn yep. to, to watch uh, the Gold Coast to watch Parramatta play last year. Yeah, and I took Jack with me, and there was Washy and his son and a couple other mates. There's no way that I go on that trip. 
you know, three and a half years ago. Mm. She, there's no way in hell that Sharon would have allowed that to happen. Mm. Mm. You know, one, I, I wouldn't have had enough money <laughs> to go on that trip no. anyway because I would have blown it before we left the airport. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it just wouldn't happen. Instead, I went away. I had a fantastic weekend away. I met up with my uncle mm. who, who lives on the Gold Coast, you know, that I don't see very often. Mm. Met up with him and he came to the football with us and they all got on the drink and it was a fantastic weekend. Mm. You know, just amazing. But that doesn't, that just doesn't happen when I was active, mm. you know. So today is very different that, that the relationship that Sharon and I have, which is really good, you mm. know, and... As I said, blessed to to have that that change in me that stopped me from going down that very ugly road that that a lot of blokes from the valley go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And and it wasn't. Look at I mean, going back to the what you were talking about about the the, the kids in that childcare centre. Yeah. You now conceivably, some of those kids are broken homes, no dad. Quite um, possible. So potentially now. Even as a three, four, five-year-old, you're their role model, and you're something that's going to kind of leave an impression on them moving forward in their life. You know, they'll remember this fun guy that used to play footy with them, or they'll remember this guy that used to do whatever to them. And moving forward, yeah, you know, they'll have a conversation one day with a mate where they go, "Yeah, I picked up this from this bloke. This is how he used to behave, and it's absolutely." Oh, mate, um, you know, there's there's a couple of kids that, that walk in and. You know, one one little boy was very, very reserved when I first got there. You know, mm. he, he would sort of talk to me, but not really. And then yeah. the other day he walked in, I was sitting on the lounge in the foyer and he's like, hey, Mr. Nathan, and he came running across the room and gave me a hug. Mm. As I, I, we were talking earlier, you know, about being overly emotional sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> I may have had a little teary-eyed moment yeah. at that, that, that time, you know, and it was just great. It was a really, really good feeling to yeah. have... Someone that's not not one of my kids. Yeah, you know, it's I'm used to it with my kids. You know, they come home, they give me a hug or whatever. But he yeah. was genuinely excited to see me. Actually, they probably got a better reaction than sometimes. Yeah, your kids. exactly. Oh no, dad's here. <laughs> Especially a teenager. But uh, you know, he was genuinely excited to see me, and yeah. that that's great. Yeah, you know, and he, I, I I don't know. Maybe I get to have a little impact in his life. Yeah, and yeah. that'd be. You know, that'd be a dream. Yeah. You know, to have that positive impact on some of those kids. You know, Green Valley's a, a can be a rough area. Yeah. You know, and maybe maybe I get to have a, a, a good impact on some of those kids' lives. Well, look, I think you do. I think you do. And the, and the trick to, I think, the trick to the, the kind of work that you're going to be doing and, and I've sort of done for a really long time in terms of youth work and disability is, is you might never know. You know, that's that's the tough part, and right? and you just have to assume that you kind of have. And, and I, I'm really lucky, actually. I've got a um, a good mate of mine now who used to come to the youth centre that I used to run back in the the late '90s, and um, you know, he's been quite open with me about the impact that I had on him. And, and there's a couple of guys that are in his friendship group now that were going to the centre back then, and they've been quite open about it. You know, you were just you were a good guy. We could come there. You know, we knew we were safe there. We knew we were, could have you know talk to someone there. And so it's nice to get that feedback, but I've worked with hundreds of people yeah, <laughs> over, exactly. over the last 25 years. So you kind of sit there and you go, well, hopefully I've helped all of them. Um, and I, 
Somebody said to me once, the barometer is, watch the news. If someone that you worked with isn't on the news, you've probably <laughs> done a good you've job. You've done a good job. <laughs> yeah. If they're on the news, maybe it's time to go back you to finance. You may have to look at your practices. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like, that's, that's kind of why I want to get into, into counselling and, and I'm doing that, that course at uni and I just, I want to be able to sit down with someone and have an honest, open conversation with them from a position of, I've been where you are. Yeah. You know, I, I work with, I'm sponsoring three blokes now, uh, four blokes actually in, in, in the program, um, across various programs actually, you yeah. know, GA and NA. Yep. And, the the variety and the difference in those guys that I've seen since the start and, and you know I've had I've had sponsors previous to this that have relapsed and gone back out there and how it, do you, how do you deal with that does that it's tough look do you I'm not saying that you're at fault but do you blame yourself do you my first one absolutely yeah and I, I I'll never forget I was sitting on a on a lounge and we, me and Sharon and the kids had gone to Thailand. And we were staying at, at a resort and it was a mate beautiful resort. We're the only people at this whole hotel too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. And um Remember those days? Oh, it was so good. Travel places and there, do yeah, stuff. I remember when you could ghost Yeah, exactly. And um I was sitting on the lounge in the in the in the lounge room yeah. when I got the message that he'd relapsed. Yeah. I, I won't ever forget it. And you know, I got it from my sponsor and I got him to was supposed to be in contact while I was away. I was only gone for two weeks. Yeah. And he lasted three days of, of that two weeks, you know, and he was four months sober, I think. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to my sponsor about it. I was like, what did I do wrong? He said, mate, there's nothing you could have done. Yeah. Aside from grabbing someone and locking them in a room for the rest of their lives, you can't guarantee what they're going to do. How, how essential is it that accountability, like, Knowing you've got to get in contact with your sponsor every day, you know, it's similar to that weight loss thing. You've got to get on the scales every week. So you've got to yep. be accountable. So is it, it – I guess you can only speak for your own experience, but in, in your experience, is it like, okay, I've got to, I've got to stay sober for this guy. I've got, part not, of what I have to do is I've got to keep it. I mean, not all of it, but, you know. It's um, one of the first things I was told at rehab, and, and I don't know if I've said this to you before, is that the opposite of addiction is not abstinence. It's yeah. connection. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I tell my guys that I sponsor that I want a gratitude list from them every morning. Mm. And I don't care if it's got two things on it or 10 things on it, mm. but I want a gratitude list, yeah. of, of a list of things that you're grateful for when you wake up this morning. Mm. And that's it's a twofold thing. And I, I've said this to, to my son as well. You, you can't be, I don't think you can be angry and grateful at the same time. Mm. You know, having a, a grateful heart and gratitude, it takes away a lot of the negativity. Mm. So that's part one. And part two is you're connecting. Mm. You're, you're reaching out to me. I'm sending you my gratitude list. You're sending me yours. Mm. And in our case, I've got a WhatsApp group for my, for my guys mm. and we share our, our gratitude lists in there. I send some readings or whatever and we communicate through there. And if I don't get a, a gratitude list for, for a day, I get a little concerned. If I don't get one for two days, I know something's wrong. Mm. And recent history has shown that, that something goes wrong. Mm. You know, um, Addicts operate in isolation. Mm. That's, that's how we operate. Mm. So when someone's not connecting, my fear is that, the, that they're isolating. Mm. And if they're isolating, especially in this sort of environment, um, it's, it's odds are that, that they've fallen. 
and and almost trying to hide what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Because they have the the opposite of that. Stay sober for my sponsor. Yeah. Is I, I feel guilty that I've that I've let them down. Yeah, yeah. And that's one one attribute that I that I really work hard to break is you can't let me down. Yeah. I've been in your shoes. I know how hard this battle yeah. is. Yeah. You can't let me down. Yeah. The only way you can let me down is yeah. by stopping connecting. You're not going to stand there and... You know, oh, that's oh I can't believe yeah, you did yeah, that. Oh, you, yeah. I, I went around and I had a chat with a guy the other night and with, with him and his partner and we sat there and, we, and we, we had a conversation about, you know, he fell. And it doesn't happen. Contrary to what people think, you, you're not out with your mates mm. like me and you don't go to the to the pub tonight for for dinner and I accidentally have two beers mm. that just it's that accidentally had two beers started two weeks ago mm. you know when I stopped working on my recovery and I started working on my relapse I say that a lot mm. if you're not working on your recovery you're working on a relapse yeah. and that is you stop connecting you stop going to meetings you stop Doing the, the the daily gratitude list or the daily readings or the daily the daily shit that that I do every day. Mm. When I stop doing that, is when I start working on going back out there. Yeah, and th- th- that could take two weeks. It could take three weeks, four weeks before I go back. Mm. But you know, every morning and and I, I wake up and I don't know if I shared this before, but I wake up every morning and I and I, I write a ten ten point gratitude list. Yep, I do. What four, six, six readings across different fellowships, um, different readings of different things, daily readings. Um, I send those readings out along with a couple of other little motivational quotes that I send to people that aren't necessarily in recovery. Yeah, but just that I, I feel like the more people I connect with, the better barrier I have for between me and and, and action. Hmm. So when people stop doing that and they stop doing the things that have got them to the to the show, that's when they start to go back and mm. they look at going out there and doing all the damage. And it's not it's not a, a, an impulse thing. It's not something that happens just, oh, I was at the pub having a feed and I decided to go and play poker machine. Yeah. You know, it's, I stopped connecting with people. I stopped doing this. I stopped doing that. Then I was at the pub and decided to go and play poker machine. Something triggered me a couple of weeks ago and I resisted it for as long as I could, but... Yeah, really. I found myself back here, and guilt and shame and all the bullshit that goes with yeah. that prior to the relapse. Because for me, and on, on touch wood, I haven't relapsed yet. Mm. But everybody that I've spoken to that has say that they've had the impulse, but they didn't want to share it out of shame and guilt. Mm. So they sat on it, and that shame and that guilt grew and grew and grew until eventually. You've got to release the pressure somewhere. Yeah. You know, and that's what I say to people all the time. It doesn't matter who it is. Be honest with someone. And it doesn't matter. Don't come to me if you can, if you don't feel like you can come to me. Mm. Speak to your wife. Speak to your brother. Speak to a, a homeless man on the street. I don't give a shit who you speak to. Mm. But get it out of your head at least somewhere. Because yeah. if you keep it in your head, it's going to manifest somewhere. Mm. You know, and for an addict, it's going to manifest in the worst possible bloody ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's that um, it's that negative coping stuff anyway. You know, yeah. whatever that is for you, whether it's drugs, alcohol, gambling, food, sex, whatever. 
Or all of them. Violence. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I just described Saturday night four years ago in his life, didn't I? <laughs> he's, but anyway, no one can see this, but his wife just walked past going, mm-hmm, yep, that's him. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it was like an episode of the Tiger King in here. It was awful. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, it, and, and it's, and it, but, you know, this is the thing. It's, um, we're talking a little bit about that recovery stuff and and... I said to you off air that the thing that you said at the, one of the very first quotes, and I think I made a little quote out of it, but it still is just in my head all the time, which is, you know, your mental health will tell you you're alone. No one else will understand this. No one else will get this. Yeah. Um, I used to describe it as I thought I was special. No one else has ever experienced this before. Terminally unique. Oh, shit. Look at how oh, everyone's got it. Oh, all right then. Not that special. Yeah. Um, but then you walk into an AA meeting and you go, there's a room full of people who get me and they understand me. And to me, that connection, I've had a lot of conversations recently. We run a hoarding and squalor program, mm-hmm. right? And in my mind, I've simplified it. There is, it's addiction addiction. One person's addicted to collecting shit. The other person's addicted Doesn't to drinking what it shit. Is. Yeah. And so, but everyone I've spoken to that's involved in that program is really loves the fact that they walk in and there's a group of people that get them. Yeah, absolutely. Don't judge what they, you know, oh, you hoard that. Oh my God, really? That's how you live. They just go, yeah, we do the same thing, come in and talk to us. And they like, finally, I feel like I belong somewhere. Somebody understands me. Somebody gets me. Somebody knows what I've gone through. Maybe they've got similar trauma in their life. Maybe they've got similar things that they've dealt with, whatever. And they they don't want, and like like we're saying, they don't want to fix me. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that that I found a little bit confronting about, about, you know, 12-step programs and and the the people, and I, the people that I've I've dealt with that I look at and they say stick with the winners, mm. and to me that means the people that have got long term sobriety and and they feel good and they're just living a normal life, mm. but a life that that's free of all the the shit that they had in it. And my sponsor epitomizes that. And you know, he said to me that he he goes to meetings for himself. Mm. You know, it's a selfish program. I I go to that meeting to get well. Mm. And by me getting well, I share my story. Mm. And there's a possibility that my story may help someone. Yeah. Good. And if my story helps no one, also good. Yeah. Because it's not in my head anymore and, and I'm okay. Yeah. You know? And I also get to sit there and listen to other people tell... And there was a particular incident, you know, and I, I, it was at work when I was working in, in insurance... I say when I was working insurance, like it's a long time ago. <laughs> but this incident was actually quite a while ago, two and a half years ago. And I'd blown up at, at my boss and my boss's boss and basically told them that I was going to do this impossible task, basically, in, in, in a, a couple of days or something that was that should take four weeks. And I was going to do it in a couple of days because they can just shut it. And I was just being a dick. Hmm. And I stormed out of there and went to a meeting. And... Girls, uh, a woman shared at the meeting that she'd had a blow up with her boss, and what she realised that was that she had an ish, an incident from a couple of weeks ago outside of work that had nothing to do with it, but she hadn't resolved that issue, mm. and the blow up at her boss was just a, a pressure valve, and then she had to go back and apologise. And I was out there going, "All right, is that a possibility for me?" Mm. So I went back through the last couple of weeks and I pinpointed what it was. Mm-hmm. And I went, you son of a bitch. All that, uh, mm. Now I've got to go back and apologize. So I went back and I, I cleared the air. 
with with both my boss and his boss, and they were they were okay. You know, I explained everything to them. They knew I was in recovery. They knew I was going to meetings, and and I, I told them the, the full story like I just have with you. But it, what it come down to for me is is I I can sit in a meeting now and hear something that solves my problem hmm. that I sometimes I didn't even know I had. Yeah, you know, and that's the, uh, one. There's no judgment. Two, I'm at, I'm I'm in a safe place with people that understand me that are yeah. there for themselves but in sharing their stories help me you know and that's that's the beauty of of all of that sort of stuff and that's you know that it's group therapy yeah 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 and that's look we were talking as well about um Ben who was on well, probably a couple of episodes now because this will be in a couple of weeks' time. But um, And we're going to have – I'm actually interviewing his partner, David. Uh, partner is in, in the organisation, not life partner. Um, but in a couple of weeks' time as well. And and they run the men's table and that's their thing. And I, I sort of refer to it as AA Light. What an amazing um, what an amazing initiative. Well, yeah, I think it's great. And it, and it I think, you know, it's – um. I'm going to say this the wrong way, but you'll, you'll understand what I mean. It's sad to think you had to have an alcohol addiction to find a group to have that with. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's also nice to think that there's a group of men out there going, okay, this thing here that works, we know it works, let's try and take that model and bring it over here. Yeah. And sure, the guys in there probably have alcohol, gambling, That's drug addictions, whatever, but quite possible. Let's not make that, let's not make it you've got to hit rock bottom. To be a part of this group, <laughs> and, and, and look, the first time I heard someone say that I'm, that they're a grateful alcoholic, I was like, "You're a what now?" Mm. But I am a grateful alcoholic because without that reaching the rock bottom and having AA and, or GA to go to, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't have changed my life. Mm. But to have that men's that men's table initiative, yeah, you know, if I had found some of that fifteen years ago, mm. you know, because men look, and I say this, I say this to. Um, to, to partners of, of mm. people that I sponsor, women are quite different than men. Mm. Women tend to be a lot better at sharing with their their friends emotions and what they're going through mm. and how they're feeling, whereas men are very much, hey, how are you going? Good, thanks, you. Mm. And when they do talk, they talk about footy and, you know... Cars and... Beauty. Cars and bloke shit. My favourite question, so how's work? Yeah, it's good. What about you? Yeah. <laughs> living the dream, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm living the dream. Mate. Oh, paradise, mate. Paradise. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> you know, and to have somewhere where, where blokes can go and, and sit with a group of other blokes, and I think you said to me that, you know, it's, we don't just talk footy is, is yeah, the tag. We don't just talk footy and shit. Yeah. You're going to have real conversations with blokes. Yeah. And really open up. That They're, they're going to save lives. Yeah. That's the end of the day, you know. You're going to save lives. I look at blokes that we've lost. If they had had that that sort of an opportunity, yeah, yeah. to be a part of that, they're still here. I think. Yeah, Quite, it's possibly. Yeah, I, look, I think you might be right. I mean, you'd sort of. Um, hopefully, you've lost no one since, but you'd sort of talked about four or five guys that you'd had that. Yeah. That you'd lost, including you know our mutual friend Steve Bandai, but um, the. Um, I wonder if, and it's you've used this term before, five cent psychology. I'm, it's probably some people that know this better than I do. But what you're talking about, what I think you're talking about, and particularly even what you were saying about being able to go back and pinpoint this point where you know, okay, this is why I was like I was mm. then. That's insight. Yeah, you know, the th- the the pre 
pre-rehab Nathan didn't have that. No. Um, you know, he might have started a glimmer of that when he first met Sharon. And that 15-year-old kid who's sending air, having Miss Shields say to him, live up to your potential, definitely didn't have that because no. if he did... I would have lived up to my potential. You would have lived up to your potential, <laughs> yeah. So is, is, that, is that the great gift that you were given, insight? Your ability just to now look at yourself genuinely yeah, and have that really honest conversation with yourself and go, mate, this is who you are. This is what you're doing. Stop being a dickhead. Mate, um, <laughs> you know. one of, one of look, I, I live my life by the 12 steps. Yeah. You know, and Russell, Russell Brand does a very funny take on the, on the, on the 12 steps. Yeah, I've know. read his, some of his stuff. It's really good. And, yeah, he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's very funny. Yeah. And, and he's pretty accurate too, you know. I think um, like one of the questions taught. is, are you a bit fucked up? Yep. Are you a bit fucked? Would you like not to be fucked? <laughs> yeah. Do you think someone can unfuck you? Yeah. And, and these sort of things. But the, the actual 12 steps, one of them, you know, is, is about knowing when you're wrong and promptly admitting it. Mm. You know, and for people listening to this, they're sitting there going, yeah, I do that instinctively. Mm. Well, addicts don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. generally, you know, well, I didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I, my father-in-law would tell you if he was still here that, that I would I would continue arguing my point even if I knew I was wrong. Yeah. And he would frequently, like, we would have good-natured arguments a lot and he would mm. say to me, mate, you don't even believe what you're saying anymore, do you? <laughs> and I'd, I'd be like, oh, you've got me. <laughs> you got me, right? You got me, I give up. But until that point, we'd be arguing for two hours. Yeah. You know, and I'd be arguing that blue was red. And I would be doing my dandest to convince him yeah. you know and even when i realized that it was actually red i'd still be still be on the argument but that that's the difference i have today is i can look at an interaction and go you know what there's an apology to you here mm. you know you're wrong mm. just shut up and own it mm. whereas I, I never had that ability before you know and there's a number of things that are like that the ability to say no as mm. a complete sentence what a revelation. Hmm. You know, do you want to go out and destroy your life on drugs and alcohol this weekend? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. What? <laughs> Woo. What a relief. <laughs> you know, and being able to leave. Yeah. Get in, in a situation at a club or a mate's place or what, where, wherever I am, I'm not comfortable. I'm allowed to leave. Hmm. I had no idea. I thought I had to stay there until the last. These are the things that I've learned in recovery, you know, and... But but the biggest one is, and I, it it's step ten, and it's doing a daily inventory, right? And so what I do of of a, a night time before I go to bed, I'll, I'll, you know, wherever I am, I'll sit and think about my day, hmm. and mentally I'll go through what I did, what I think I did well today, hmm. and what I think I did shitty, hmm. and of the things that I didn't do very well, is there anyone that I need to make amends to? Did I, did I fuck up bad enough to, the, mm. to actually have to go and say, look, I'm sorry about that? Mm. And if I do, I do it straight away. If there isn't amends to make, I, I go and take care of it. Mm. You know, And there's nothing more humbling than apologizing to your 13-year-old. Oh. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's, it's such a freeing experience. Mm. You know? And that's, that's just, just shit I didn't know before. Mm. You know, I, I may look at something, oh, God, I made a fool of myself there. I won't do that again until the next time, mm. you know, but I would never think to go and say, hey, mate, you know, when I remember when I was around your house and I, and I vomited all over your front, front veranda, sorry about that. Mm. It just wouldn't, have, wouldn't enter my mind, mm. you know. So there's a whole lot of things that you're probably right. Insight is, is probably the way to look at it. Mm. And I've learnt that from people that have been in my situation and, and 
gone through it. Mm. And I would assume that's the same with this men's table, you know, that there's people that are at differing levels of, of their life. Yeah. You know, you've got the young bloke and the old bloke and the old bloke the old blokes have been through some shit. And they can share how how they dealt with X thing. Mm. You know, and that may give the, the young guy a way to get through it as well. Yeah. But they're not there to say, Hey, this is what you should do. Yeah. But hey, this is what I did. Yeah, and it's sort of the it's you know, the thing is when we first spoke, I mean this was always the idea the podcast was tell your story. Yep. And and tell me how you overcome it. Tell as much of your story as you want. Tell me how you overcome it. Tell me what you do to keep yourself well now. And that's Absolutely. that's the recurring theme. Whether it's, you know, yours is probably a bit more intense than most people's, truthfully. Like, it, you know, some people just go like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, walk every day and try and be nice to people, you know. <laughs> Not, we don't have a lot of people doing gratitude lists and inventories and things like that, which I, I think they should and they yeah. could and, they, and there's no and reason why they should The 12 shouldn't. steps would help everyone. But, but ultimately, this is a little bit of an AA meeting because... I know there's people that listen to your story. I know there's people that listen to other people's stories, heard it and gone, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's yeah. my husband. Yeah, that's oh, that explains why my dad was like he was growing up, you know, whatever. And so they get to hear that and make a bit more sense of their own life and yeah. who they are and what they've gone through. And it's, and it's, and it's the whole, I'm not alone. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the, the biggest point. And you, you said it before, you know, I, I call it terminally unique. Mm-hmm. Because if if you, if you isolate enough and believe that you are alone mm-hmm. enough, it'll take you out. Yeah, yeah. You know, mental health, and, and I've I've gone through the anxiety and the depression. You know, I'm, I'm managing anxiety now with with um, meditation and medication. Mm. You know, but I've gone down. To, I think since the last time you were here, I've gone down from three different medications daily mm. to one. Okay. You know, so I've cu- I've cut that back. Yeah, and and, and I, if I'm memory serves, myself. you're at about 50, you're getting close to fifteen hundred days sober. Is that about right? Uh, twelve hundred and sixty. Okay, yeah, twelve hundred and sixty days sober. Yeah, today. Okay, cool. And twelve hundred and thirty-one days since I left rehab. Okay, I keep a track of those two days. Um, they're twenty-nine days apart, which should make it easy, but I screw it up so often. <laughs> It's hilarious. It's a man that spent a lot of time working in finance and insurance. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I get the numbers and I'm like, that's, they're not 28. They're, they're, those two numbers are not 29 days apart anymore. Well, I've missed a day somewhere. <laughs> so track back through. But, you know, it, it's been a long, a long, very long, very short journey. Yeah. You know, and, and the reason I say very short is the meetings for me remind me of where I was. Mm. That, that's the reason I, I, I like telling my story and it's the reason I love doing these podcasts and so on. Mm. It reminds me of where I was because I don't, I don't ever want to forget that. And I refer to myself as a, as a professional forgetter. Mm-hmm. I can remember the good times we had at Mounties. You know, I can remember all those good times. Oh, like, like that time I fell asleep in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember your bucks night. You probably don't. Oh, were you there? <laughs> I was having that conversation with someone the other day. Yeah, no, no idea. No idea. Vomiting on myself? No, nah, no clue. No clue. Although I still, I still proudly state that I won, you know, money on Jarrell. Yeah, yeah, scoring first try scoring. You did just game that night. That, that year. I remember celebrating your Bucks night at five o'clock the next morning, still there. You, I think you went home at eight thirty. I was gone. <laughs> you, we you were still celebrating. You did better than my brother in law who was drinking my scotch and sitting on my lounge. <laughs> He's my dad who doesn't drink. <laughs> so he was in all sorts of trouble. But, but you know, I, I, I tend to not remember the bad times. 
you know, I tend to not remember the, the shit that I put people through. Do you ever, like, genuinely sit and try and think about that stuff? I mean, when you're doing yeah. your daily inventories, you really sit there and go, yeah, I did this and I was fucking awful. Like, yeah, I really man. was. But one of, the, one of the steps, right, so very briefly touching on the steps, you know, step four is the one that, 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 that causes a lot of consternation for people, mm. which is looking at all the shit that I did in my life yeah. in addiction and how, you know, all, all the stuff that I blamed other people for. You know, and I blamed other people for drinking and I blamed them for drugging and blamed them for gambling and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But how that was really my bullshit anyway, mm. you know, and looking at all that sort of stuff and then from that drawing a list of people who I owe amends to, mm. you know, and it was a decent list, you know, and I went through and, and, and I made those amends to the people that I that I could remember, mm. you know, that I owed amends to. There's some that I couldn't, like mum, sadly I couldn't make amends to her because mm. she's gone. I went around and I faced my father and I made amends to him, you know, regardless of his treatment and his behaviour, whatever that was. Mm. It doesn't excuse my behaviour. Mm. So I had to go and make a very uncomfortable amends with him. Mm. Um, you know, a, a lot of people. And I'm going through the steps again now. You know, it's not a one-time deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going through because I'm taking another another sponsee through. Okay. So you so, go through it if you get someone new come through. You go through it yourself again. I'll go through it with him, yeah. Okay. So I'll go through that with him again and no doubt I'll come up with more people that I, that I forgot last time. Just in my head, I've gone, mate, you've already apologised for this three times. <laughs> like, shut up. Leave it alone, mate. <laughs> All right, I get it. I get it. Sorry, would you piss off? <laughs> but, um, and that's the funny thing, right? It's not, and I actually posted this today to, to a group of people, sorry without a change of action is, is, is useless, it's yeah. worthless. Yeah. And, we don't say in the program, you have to say sorry to these people. You have to make amends. And part of that, you know, people that, that, that people I know have made amends to, to people that I've owed thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to, and they're mm. paying them back. That's making amends. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, buddy, you know, sorry for that. And mm. I'm not talking about all the little things like, you know, vomiting in mates' bathrooms. And that's probably a sorry. Yeah. You know? Sorry about that. You're not, you're not going to go and retile his bathroom exactly. for him, no. <laughs> but the, the big ones, yeah. I, you know, I needed to make amends for those. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I've done a pretty good job with that. A- outside of your dad, what was the toughest? Sharon. Okay. Of course. Like, I put that woman through 26 years or 20... Looking up at the poster. <laughs> 20, 20. People can't see. Nate's got a, a poster in his dining room here with all of the significant dates of children being born and things like that, you know. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. 24 years we've been together. Yeah. You know, so 20 years at the time I went through rehab and all that, give or take six months, mm. you know, of her being with me through active addiction. Yeah. You know, there was a long list of amends. Yeah. And my amends to Sharon. My making it up to her is, is a daily thing. Yeah, I was going to say, it, 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 is it, you know, who, who is it, the one that pushes the ball, constantly pushes the ball up the hill and then has to start at the beginning of the next day and start pushing start the ball pushing up the hill again? again. Yeah. And it's, it's just living a decent life. Yeah. You know, it's doing the things that, that probably 85, 90% of the people listening tonight to this yeah. just do on a daily basis without is, second thought is it as simple and as complicated and you'll understand why i said this in a minute as not drinking not drinking and not gambling ever again yeah yeah or for today yeah 
I, I can only I can tell you I can guarantee you that I didn't have a drink, drug, or gamble yesterday yep. or today. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'm not pretty hopeful that you don't. I'm not, do any I'm, of those I'm not omnipotent enough to be able to predict nah. the future. Yeah, but I'm pretty confident that if I stick with with my program, and I'm honest with Sharon, you know, half of the times that I would go out on the on 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 a run in, in active addiction was because I wasn't being honest with her. Hmm. You know, I'd, I'd borrowed money or something, so I had to go out and gamble to get it back, and or whatever the case may be, just hmm. bullshit that I hadn't told her about. Hmm. That was living that second life that, that we were talking about. Hmm. Not doing that on a daily basis is is, make, is making amends. And people, again, people can't see this, but if you look to your left, you'll see there's a handbag on the bench. Yep, that never happened ah. in addiction. Yeah, ever. Yeah. yeah. There's not a chance in hell that my wife would leave her handbag on that bench and go to bed. So for you, is that a um, it's like a sign, like a good sign, like a so she trusts me. Okay, she trusts you again. Yeah, yeah. and and, a, and a, almost a, a reinforcer. It is. It, yeah. it it tells me every day that I'm doing what I'm doing today is right. Mm. Like, see, that's a, I just got a gratitude list. Ah. Someone sent through a gratitude <laughs> list at what ten o'clock at night. Was he supposed to send it through this morning? Ah, that's someone else's sponsor, mate. That's not mine. Oh, okay. But I'm a part... See, I maintain lineage as well. So yeah. my, one of my sponsees has gone through the steps. Step 12 is go out and fucking find someone to sponsor. Yeah. So he's got two sponsees that he's working with. Yeah. So I'm a part of their WhatsApp group. Ah, uh, okay. So just because, you know, he asked me if, if I would like to be involved. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I want to be involved. The more people I can talk to, the better. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I love to see it, mate. This is a guy who who come into the program and and did it really tough for for you know three or four months and mm. was was confident that he could do it on his own. Doesn't need a sponsor, you know. He's got this mm. and had a bad bad relapse. Mm. Came back and you know we we agreed to work together. He asked me to sponsor him and I agreed. And to see him now, it's insane. The difference in him in, in just over a year. He, he, he turned one during COVID, poor bastard, so he didn't get a cake. <laughs> <laughs> but which sounds, mate, look, we, we do birthdays in, in, in GA and, yeah, yeah. and we do yeah. cakes and sing happy birthday and, and it probably sounds very, very strange to people. <laughs> no, no. But you get a first birthday cake and the first birthday cake is, is the, the, the big one. You yeah. know? And they say the first year of your program is for you and every year after that's for someone else. Yeah. So he went out and he and he's, he started a step group where he encouraged and he had at the start, I think there were six or eight people that were coming regularly and then COVID hit and it took away, you know, the ability for people to do that. But he's got two sponsees that, he's, that he works with every week yeah. that he talks to every day, you know. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see my sponsor was at a meeting last night with me like I was at the meeting and three of my sponsees were there. And on Wednesday night at Norellan, there'll be my sponsor and one of my sponsees and two of his sponsees at the same meeting. Wow. It's like great-grandpa. <laughs> you know? And that's, that shows that when you do the work, you can reap the benefits. Yeah. And the people that, are, that I've seen that, that, that aren't doing the work, you know, I saw it in the Telegraph the other day. Australians are the biggest fucking gamblers in the history <laughs> I tell you this June we spent more on gambling than we did last June yeah, tell I'm... me how that happened oh, my theory 
is we couldn't gamble for three months. So yeah. all those people who couldn't gamble for three months just went out and went absolutely apeshit in June. Do you know how many people I saw in the program that were 30 days, 60 days? Yeah. I haven't been off the punt this long in, in forever. Yeah. Boom, 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 pubs opened. I'm two days. Yeah. You know, and then the government says you can get your super 10 grand worth of super for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Before it was for medical or dental or whatever. Yeah. Now it was just like, just have it. The amount of people that I that I know went and got that 10 grand and, and threw it in the poker machine. Smash it in the machine, yeah. Oh, it would have, look, it would have been green lights. would have been green lights all over the place for gambling oh, addicts. crazy. would have been absolutely insane. And that's my theory. I mean, I don't know expert in these things. My theory is, is yeah, for, for at least two months you couldn't touch a machine and then all of a sudden, you know, bang. I mean, I, there's online gambling, there's a whole range of other things. That was the interesting thing actually, um, part of the reason, part of the way the NRL came back was that racing never stopped. Yeah. Like, I, I was actually really shocked one day turning the TV on watching racing. I thinking, couldn't believe it. Thinking that it was like a replay or something. Or I, I couldn't know. believe it. Yeah. How they could allow jockeys to be that close to each other. Yeah. You know. Got to have some gambling revenue come into the coffers. That like, was insane. Yeah. and and But that's how the NRL got the got back on track. Well, if you can do it with get racing, we can do it with rugby league. Yeah. You know, we can have control the amount of people that come in, control the amount of people that are in the stadiums. We can put the players you know, in a bubble. Put the players in a bubble and, and, and work on it like that. You've got jockeys not social distancing on a horse for a period of time. What's the we difference? We can do it in the NRL. Yeah. And, mate, the, and look, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I saw it on Facebook. The, the, the online gambling ads mm. quadrupled. Yep. You know, and I'm grateful that I can ignore those. Mm. Lots of people can't. Mm. But, yeah, you know, online's a very, pardon me, online's a very different beast. Yeah. Even meetings, man. We had to go back to Zoom. Like, we had the resort to using yeah, Zoom. Yeah, I was, I was thinking meetings. that I was driving over. That would have been the way to go. So challenging. Yeah. So challenging. I, I found myself, like, and most people that work in the corporate world would say, you know, oh, we were doing teleconference meetings for, for a long time. Yeah. But you're not doing one a day. Yeah. And you're not, they're not going for an hour and a half at a time. Yeah. And it's not with... Addicts. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would, mate, uh, and I spoke to my sponsor about this, so I'm not confessing anything outside of that. I, I would turn my camera off, mute my microphone and go and make a coffee or whatever. Very easy to disconnect. Mm. So people were, were sharing that they're getting these 30 days and 60 days up, but it was enforced. Mm. Mm. It wasn't them doing anything. Mm. And, <clears throat> I mean... It wasn't them doing anything to get that, that time up yeah, yeah. and they're not connecting because they're not going to face-to-face meetings and they're not having that yeah. connection. I knew, like a, a few of us knew that as soon as the, the pubs opened that it was going to be mm. on for young and old. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that still bothers me to this day is that they okayed pubs and clubs to open but not – and the, the, the problem for, for GNA, I'll backtrack half a step, is that the majority of our meetings – all of the the twelve step programs, a lot of the majority of the meetings are in church funded halls mm-hmm. because it's cheap. Mm. Um, so they okayed everybody to go back to pubs and clubs, but not go back to religious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. couldn't have meetings face to face, but our members could go on the, into the pubs and clubs mm-hmm. and get on the the drink and play poker machines and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that was killing us, like. It took us a long time. Like we had to shift our, our, our meeting in Norellan to a different location mm. because the the one that we're at was not going to let us come back mm. due to COVID. Yeah, you know, and we we found another location. Thank God. 
And ironically, it's a church, but, <laughs> um, you know, we found that location very welcoming, very open, and we're back face-to-face for Norellan. But Liverpool, we still can't get back face-to-face. Yeah. You know, so, but you can go and sit in a pub and throw your... Yeah, I was going to say, because you can't... Anyway. You got, was it 10 people? It's a, it's a maximum of 10 people. We've got to do contact tracing. Do you know how hard it is to get anonymous programs to give you their name and phone number? Yeah. It's crazy. yeah. You know, it's it's hard. And I mean, I understand it. And I know why. And I don't have a problem doing it. Mm. I don't have, like, I, I go to two face-to-face meetings a week and I write down my name and my phone number at both of them. Full mm. name, I don't care. But there are people out there that value their anonymity. Yeah. That don't want to do that. So they're stuck on, on this Zoom platform. Yeah. That I've, which, got to, I've got to stay there. I've got to do it this way. It's got to be like that. Yeah. And look... Uh, flip side to that, I, I got to do, in one day, I did a meeting in San Diego, one in Melbourne, and one in, in Norellan, in the same day. Mm. Couldn't do that in, in, in face-to-face. Literally, it'd be yeah. impossible. Yeah. But I, d- I didn't have a connection in any one of those meetings, except for the one in Norellan. You know? <laughs> so you just jumped onto a San Diego meeting for the hell of it? Well, I, was, I, I stayed for the whole hour, <laughs> and I listened to them share, they listened to me share, and, and I got a lot out of it. But the reality is that I'm never going to see those people again. Yeah, Monrell and crew are the ones that I'm going to see every week. Yeah. That's where my connection is. Yeah, you know Melbourne was great. I got to share with a, a, a woman who I've been messaging every day for the last year. Mm. You know, it's it's quite funny. The the people that I've picked up along the way, like I, I worked out the other day. I think I send to individual people just over fifty messages every morning. <laughs> it's and, and it's an individualized one for each person as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, some of it's copy paste. The 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 readings are similar. The yeah. readings, you know, they're custom picked. The readings for some people. Yeah. You know, there's people that are alcoholics that aren't addicts, so yeah. they don't get the NA reading or whatever. Yeah. But, and and I get, it's quite funny. I, and if any of you bastards are listening, I get probably five responses. <laughs> right, so you, you start responding to him. Send me a message for God's sake. <laughs> but. And I say this to people, people say, well, why do you keep sending them to them? And it's not for them. It's for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got connections with people, you know. There's a woman in Melbourne, as I say, she, and she responds to me every day. Miss Shields responds every day. Mm. I send her a message every morning. You know, Fiona, Fiona Jones, Fiona Isaac Jones, or whatever, mm. you know, Fiona. She, she responds every day. Mm. You know, Gabby, Gabby, mm. Gabby responds every day. Yep. These people come back to me every day. Yeah. Um, but the people that don't, I can see that they've read it, mm. and that's enough for me. Mm. Like you said, you know, you work with four, with with hundreds of people, mm. you know, probably five or six of them. You know, you've had an impact. They've they've spoken to you about it. Mm. I can see that these people have seen the message, whether they read it, take it in, whatever they do with it. You know, I had a guy the other night, at a, a Monday night at Liverpool, was um, a guy from Sutherland. And he hadn't been to many meetings, and, and I've been messaging for a while. I got his number from the when I was working on the helpline. And, you know, he mentioned that I send him a meeting, a, a thing every morning. Which, when he was still gambling, he, he ignored every day. Mm. But now that he started back in recovery again, he reads them every morning. Mm. You know, and he doesn't respond every morning, but he reads them every morning. That's enough. Mm. That's enough for me. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't send them so that you send back. Yeah. I send them because I got something out of it and hopefully you will too. Yeah. 
And it strikes me, again, five-cent psychology, but it strikes me going back to that thing about being accountable. Mm. It's then it's the opposite for you. It's they're accountable to you, you're accountable to them. So you're keeping yourself on track. You're helping, hopefully, to keep them on track. Yeah. And and it just kind of completes that circle, so it to does. speak, for lack of a better term. It but, does. Um, and, mate, uh, like some of it, there's there's some face to, some um, WhatsApp groups that, that I send to as well, you know, probably 20% of the people in that group will respond. Mm. You know, 20% will read them. Mm. That's their business. Yeah. You know, for me, I've read the, I've read the readings. I got something out of it. Mm. I've sent that on. If you choose to read it, that's your business. Mm. If you choose to ignore it, that's also your business. Well, this is the thing. So <clears throat> last time we spoke, you were talking about the affirmations for the inner child. Love that book. I, I bought, send that every day. I bought the book. How good is it? I bought the book. I, I, I don't read it every day because I just am not, that discipline to do it but I when I sit and think to read it I sit and look at it and think um, today was a, an interesting one I thought I'd better read it just in case I go I bought it and you go did you read today and I went <laughs> oh no <laughs> so I did read it um, but it, to me it's um, the thing I think about with you when I look at this is I think that the discipline you must have to be able to do that every single day 50 people well, 50 messages, a whole range of different people. And the thing is, is I, I pick that book up and I go, some days I read it and I go, nah, doesn't apply. Doesn't mean anything to doesn't me. Doesn't mean anything, right? Other days I read it and go, it's like they're inside my head. Yeah. And I suspect it's the same for the people that you're reading, you know? Yeah. Some of them are looking and go, mm, nah, you've missed the mark today, not not where I'm at. Yeah. Where other, sometimes I look and go, stop looking. Get out of my head. Yes, get out of my, get out of my brain. And it's funny, right? Because I'm in three years, I mean, I'm in... My fourth year of recovery, so mm. three three years, four months, and only that four, means only forty to go. It's good, <laughs> <laughs> but that means that I've read each one of these three times. Yeah, and I get a different thing out of it each time. Yeah, you know, oh, you have to have the memory of an elephant to remember. Oh shit, no. yeah. I some of them, like, and it's funny. Some some of them I remember because it's like shit. I remember that one. Hmm. That one really. Yeah, you know the, the ones about growing up in fear and and. My fear was a lot about myself. You mm. know, it was about how I didn't value myself very highly, so how could you? Therefore, I'm afraid of you getting to know me. Therefore, I'm going to run away and not mm. be... All that bullshit that, that mm. teen angst, let's call it, mm. you know, that we all think that, that we're the only ones that feel that way. Mm. But there's a lot of readings around that in, in affirmations, around fear. And every time I read it, it's like, yeah, I remember this incident now or remember that incident or I'm at that place in my recovery that I'm thinking about that. Mm. And, uh, mate, affirmation. If, if you guys, yeah, it's by a woman named Raquel Lerner, um, Affirmation for the Inner Child, it's an amazing book. I think the, I think the quote, and I'm paraphrasing, is like, was it, anger is fear's bodyguard. I could... Probably something like you. that. I, I've read, I've read that one somewhere before, but it, it made complete sense when I read it. Where I was like, "Yeah, I get that." You know that the angry boy is really just a scared boy who doesn't want you to know he's scared. So he's trying to do the, you know, the dog mentality. I'm going to bark really loudly. I'm going to growl. I'm going to make you think I'm going to bite you. And if I bite you, then you know, good for you. I think today's today's was about catastrophizing. August eleven. 
Um, no, it was uh, what was the one I read today? Imagination, it is because they're all dated. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did look at today's date because <laughs> today's was was basically today. I will use. Uh, my imagination to visualize blessings in my life instead yeah, of catastrophe. That's the one. That's one. When my inner child reacts in fear, I gently reassure her by deliberately fixing my imagination on scenes of goodness and hope. Yeah. And look, it goes on. There's, there's a little bit more to it. But it, essentially, and one of the guys, again, that I was speaking to in recovery, addicts, especially compulsive gamblers, I've found, but all, all addicts, I guess, but compulsive gamblers, especially. Um, Brilliant at catastrophizing. Hmm. You know, if there's if there's a little problem, we can make it into a fucking mountain hmm. so quickly and easily. Hmm. And the reason I found for me that I did that is because the mountain's so big, I don't have to worry about it. You know, it's crushing, hmm. so I have to run. Hmm. You know, instead of I owe Adam fifty dollars. You know, owing Adam fifty dollars. What if Sharon finds out that I borrowed fifty dollars off Adam? Oh shit! There's this problem, and she's going to leave me, and then I'll never see my family again, and mm. I'll have to live on the streets, and all because I owe Adam fifty dollars. So I'll go and gamble to get that money to pay you back. Mm. Whereas it's just fifty dollars, mm. you know. But I can make that into something huge enough to take me out, mm. you know. And that's that's what today's reading says to me. You know, when when there is catastrophe, when there is that catastrophizing happening. Hmm. we can pull it back and hmm. you know it is it is like you say it is dedication to do that every day hmm. you know i we get up well sharon gets up in the morning around six thirty. i start getting the kids ready for school you know and and you know to get off get us off to work and so on so i i get up at five thirty, so that i have time because like i say mate is i read i do six readings every morning hmm. you know um three across aa one in na affirmations and another one you know and then i write a gratitude list and then i I look for other stuff as well to send around then i send all my messages takes about an hour a day and then i do my prayer Hmm. you know but i I can't i can't get up at the same time as sharon Hmm. and sit back and go right you deal with the children Hmm. and get them all ready for school and get lunches for work and whatever and and i'll i'll see you when i'm done so i i do have to get up an hour earlier Hmm. and you know it does take dedication, but the other side to that is what I get out of it is massive. Mm. You know, when I don't do that, before, before that minute of my day, I'm, a, I'm an ass. Mm. <laughs> but I do those readings, I do that prayer, and I'm less of an ass. Mm. You know, I can take the day as it comes. Mm. Whereas before that, if I don't do those, those things, I'm just a mess. It's almost um, you switch that mindset. You know, yeah. we were talking before about, you know, playing footy. You know, you, you've got to sit down before a game of footy and switch yourself into a certain mindset to be able to go out and do that for 80 minutes to yourself and to other people. Yeah. Similar kind of thing in reverse, you know. You've got to Absolutely. sit back and go, right, here's who I could be today. Here's the process I need to go through to not be that guy. Let's start the process. Let's start the process. And, you know, an attitude, for me, massive is an attitude of gratitude. Mm. I've got to write that gratitude list. Yeah. You know, in the first five, I don't know if I've discussed the gratitude list before. Um, we've done, what, three hours of conversations. So maybe. You have talked about that. You've, you've talked about, you know, the first is like the kids and Sharon. and Yeah, the first five is always the same. Yeah. But find different reasons for them. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, mate, simple as having a roof over my head, especially in the last couple of days. Jesus Christ, the weather's been pretty, pretty freaky. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, you know, 
imagine if, if things had played out differently and Sharon had thrown me out. Mm. I, I would be out in that mm. you know, if I was still alive. We had um, have a similar thing in a, it was a concept I, I borrowed from the Resilience Project, Hugh Van Kylenberg. And he does this thing where he goes, you know, three gratitudes every day, right? But not necessarily wife, kids, family. You're always going to be grateful for them. Yes, I you know, appreciate you can find a different thing every day. But his is more three things that went well that day. Yeah. Three, thing, three good things that happened that day. And it could be something as simple as I had a hot dog and I really liked it. Mm. It was really good because I really like hot dogs, you know. Um, and so we started doing that. How you going, mate? And it's something I, I need to get back into doing. But um, it, the basic idea is is after a set amount of time, you actually do change your brain composition. You do actually reset how you to think. To see the good things instead of the shit. So my um, my wife's cousin did that. He, I didn't know he was doing it. And um, about three weeks in, he's messaged me and he goes, oh, he's called me and he said, mate, I've got to tell you something. I said, what? And he goes, you know that gratitude stuff that you do? And I said, yeah, guys, I've been doing it for three weeks. I said, end? Now... He, lovely guy, heart of gold, but rough as guts. Mm. He, awesome bloke. He'd do anything for you, but he's, he works as a scaffolder. He's a you know, fly-in, fly-out worker, just rough, tough kind of boy. Um, and he's like, mate, I can't stop looking at positive things. He goes, I'm pissing people off now because I'm just so positive all the time. He goes, I'm looking it for changes. the good everywhere and I'm finding the good everywhere. And I was like, mate, that's what it's designed to do. That's exactly what it's meant to do. It's, Absolutely. It's meant to make you go, right, here's all the good shit in my life. What I was saying, if you believe you can or if you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it depends. How, how I approach the day depends on, on how I am prepared for the day. Mm. You know, and again, I, I always, when, it, when, it, when, I'm in, when I'm in doubt of anything, I always come back to the steps. Mm. And step 11 is prayer and meditation. If I do those, just those two things, mm. forgetting the gratitude list and the readings, just prayer and meditation is generally enough to get me through the day. You know, the serenity prayer is, is something that gets me through yeah. so many situations. And if you want to know about, you know, um, the power to change the things you can, yeah. um, the courage to change the things you can, but accepting the things you can't change, yeah. have an argument with a seven-year-old. You know what it's like. <laughs> You learn acceptance quick. Oh, mate, you, you learn not to hit them real quick as well. Um, you, you can't. Oh, having an argument with seven year is like having a boxing match with a revolving door. <laughs> you, you just you can't win it. So you've got to accept that. Do you ever find yourself just doing it? Because I said so, that's why. Yes. Yes, absolutely. 100%. The reason is because dad said so and dad is right. Yep. And if you, if you don't think dad's right, refer back to rule one. <laughs> There was a quote we saw the other day that I'm going to ask mum is the equivalent of can I speak, speak to your to manager? manager. <laughs> In this house, mate, they don't want to talk to mum. It's like that, I'm the soft one. Yep. You know, I'm the one that you, you want to say, mum, I want to talk to dad. Yep. But if dad says no, it's over because yep. if you go up the chain, <laughs> it gets more dangerous. If I can't get it past dad, I'm definitely not getting it past mum. <laughs> mum don't play. Um, um, so but, the the... the, the the theme, we, we started this and it was interesting. Give people an insight. And they sent me a message a couple of months back and said, I've got an idea. So I came over here tonight thinking, I wonder what his idea is. And I got here and he went, I can't remember. I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to so talk to you about. We went back to a chat with an old mate. <laughs> yeah. um, but the thing that you focused on, and it's actually something I'm kind of in the headspace of at the moment, and just to kind of put a wrap on this, because you know, it's hour and ten. We've, we've done what we usually do. Um, the idea of doing the work. 
Yes. You know, in and you've lost massive amounts of weight. You understand that, you know, what you then have to do after that is continue to do that work because you've got to maintain that, otherwise it comes back on. Yep. For me, it's a similar thing with your mental health. You've got to, you know, you've got to continue to do that work. So you've got to, the process of waking up at 5.30, sending the messages, doing the readings, having the sponsors, having the sponsees, getting it, just just powering through that work. That's the key for you. And I think it's, a, look, I don't think enough people realise it's the key to recovery. Yeah. You've got to continue to do the work. Absolutely. And whatever that work is. Like yeah. I've listened to a couple of your, a couple of the podcasts, you know, or most of them. Mm. So for some people it's, it's exercise. For yep. some people it's meditation. Yeah. It's, it's whatever it is. Yeah. But once you find the thing that works, yeah. don't do it for a week and go, wow, I feel better. I'm okay now. Yeah. Because it's, for me, I, I, can, I people probably pick up, I use the words for me a lot. Yeah. Because I don't talk for anyone else. Yeah. I yeah. can't. Yeah. In my circumstances, for me, if I stop doing the work, I'll go back to where I was. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to go back. I've said this before. I'm not going to go back out there and start picking up a $5 play, you know, put $5 in the machine and have a half a schooner and go home. Hmm. You know, they say in, in recovery circles that while, while you're doing recovery, your, your addiction's in the car park doing push ups. You know, I'm going to go back out there at the same level I went in. Mm. You know, I'm going to go back out there drinking. It's match fit still. It's ready to yeah, go, Yeah, it's baby. ready to go, yeah. mate. I'll try and drink 24, 30 schooners and five grand on a poker machine. Mm. You know, and that's going to cost me everything. So to, to avoid that, I have to give an hour a morning to my recovery and I have to give two, three hours a week to or four hours a week to, to working with others and doing meetings. Mm. It's not a lot. Mm. Yeah, know. yeah. Really, it's what, 5% of your time? Literally. Yeah. You know, I spend more time than that watching Simpsons. Mm. Yeah. It, so yeah, It's Super Saturday, really. Super like, Saturday. Like, truthfully, it is. It is. It, it that's is. what it is. Three games of footy. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and when we're done. Yeah. You know, and that means that for I, I can do that one hour and tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do an hour, mm. depending on, 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 you know, a few different variables. Maybe I'll go to a meeting tomorrow night. Um, I did Monday night. Um, we'll see I, I normally do a Monday night or a Wednesday night but that was when I was working away from Sharon or sometimes you know I feel like maybe she wants to get rid of me a bit more now <laughs> so maybe I'll go back to maybe you want maybe you want <laughs> I didn't say that um, you know and maybe I'll do three meetings this week I don't know yeah but even if I do three so it's an hour and a half a meeting three and a half hours four and a half hours five hours including whatever mm. You know, and seven hours throughout the week. Mm. It's, it's what, 15 hours a week? Yeah. It's, it's bugger all time. Mm. And that means that I don't have to go back to being what I was. Because that guy scares the shit out of me. Mm. You know, reckless, relentless, manipulative, lying, just not a, a guy that, that had no boundaries and no, no rules and regulations. Mm. And, being that out of control just scares the living shit out of me now. Mm. You know, I, yeah, that 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 guy is not someone that I want to go back to being. Well, keep doing the work, my friend. Keep putting in the hours, and um, you know, as we said, the reward is both simple and, and, complicated. and complicated. But it, you get to you get to keep all of this, which is pretty good. And I get to keep looking at my little <laughs> thing keep... on the wall there to tell me the dates that I need to remember. 
Are you ever gonna are you ever gonna get actually before we go, are you ever gonna get one that actually has some of your recovery dates on it? That might be an interesting one. I got that every day in my journal or in my um Just gratitude list I've got my, my, my two day counts. Right. Except, and, except sometimes you get them wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to working with numbers. And mate, I, I, I wear the AA symbol on a necklace yep. around my neck. Um, the stone in the center of that is the citrine stone, which is my orange stone from recovery. Yep. Um, I have the serenity prayer tattered on my ribs. Yep. Or the key words of it. Yep. Not the whole prayer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that tough. Um, <laughs> I wear a bracelet with my recovery uh, coin, my three year recovery coin on it. Yep. Um, I do a lot of stuff that, that, you know, I usually carry a pouch in my pocket with a whole heap of little stones that mean something to me yeah. in it and, and stuff like that. So I do a lot of remembering, memory around recovery, mm. you know, and my, my guys don't let me forget my birthday. Mm. You know, last year I had my sponsees and my sponsor took me out for dinner, you know, just down to Frango's, yep. lamb at Frango's, Gregory Hills, there's a plug. <laughs> so good but we, we went down there you know and we we had dinner together yeah you know talking about a special occasion my sponsor is nearly 12 or just over 12 years in recovery and he, yeah. and he had his three-year badge that he still had from when he turned three yeah. and he gave that to me for my three-year anniversary nice just special yeah you know so I, I do a lot of stuff around my dates i don't need them up on the wall Right. Keep doing the work. I, my I remember those. <laughs> They're the ones that I forget. <laughs> They're the ones you need. Yeah, exactly. We got you coming up soon. Oh, there's there's one in September. Just remember a couple in September. Remember those. Yeah, September, mate. Um, anniversary. The day me and Sharon met. The, our wedding anniversary and Ava's birthday all in September. Oh goodness, it's an expensive month. Yeah, is it ever? All right, my friend. Thank you. Love it. Love you, ads. <laughs>